Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring to you each week this show about Reiki, Violet Reiki Radio. My name is Rose Jimenez. I am your host. I am a four times Reiki master teacher in four different methods of Reiki. And each week on Violet Reiki Radio, we discuss Reiki, all things surrounding Reiki, its discovery, its roots, the practice, and more. We also discuss many things that the founder, Mikao Usui, was interested in in his life. He was interested in almost everything. He was an avid learner. He loved to know everything about everything. He had a voracious appetite for knowledge. Uh, So everything that he was interested in, or most things, we discuss here on Violet Reiki Radio. We discuss uh, sociology, philosophy, medicine, uh, different methods and different modalities for healing and improving your life, for personal growth, for spiritual growth. Um, everything, metaphysics, even metaphysics, because he was very interested in metaphysics. And he was very accomplished in and interested in martial arts, which we have never really discussed on the show. But tonight we are going to discuss martial arts and Reiki, because this evening we are having on the show my very good friend, very respected 
martial arts instructor practitioner, Ristita de Jesus. And just a little bit about Ristita. She began her martial arts training in 1978 and has been teaching martial arts to people of all ages since 1982. Ristita specializes in children's classes. Ristita holds black belt and instructor certification in Buto Kukan Karate, Wuha Kwendo, Wushu, Kyodo Eskrima, Yang Tai Chi, Chen Tai Chi, and Qigong. Her other students have included Akido and Leido. She is the host of a weekly online radio podcast known as Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. She is the founder of the Seattle Snapdragons Bullwhip and Traditional Target Sports, a club of enthusiasts interested in bullwhip cracking, trick cracking, blowgun, slingshot, and knife throwing. Dita is also a Hall of Fame member in the Masters Hall of Fame. World, and I don't even know how to say this, I'll ask her when she gets on. <laughs> Martial Arts History Museum Hall of Honors. She's a lifetime member of the Association of Women Martial Arts Instructors, and she is executive board member to the Pacific Association of Women Martial Artists. So, that's just a little bit about my great friend, Rosita de Jesus. She's also a Reiki practitioner. Um, so this evening, we're going to discuss a little bit of how Reiki and martial arts, the principles and disciplines behind both, are beneficial to all of us as far as developing personally and spiritually. And that indeed was the um, intent that Usui Sensei had in mind when he brought his Usui Reiki Ryoho to the public. Now, to go on a little further, Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. The Reiki energy has the wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing and instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal, and spiritual development. If anyone has any questions on Reiki, feel free to email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. You can also take a look at my website. There's lots of information on there. My website is violetrosereiki.com. And um, you can feel free to send me an email or, you know, uh, whatever. If you have questions for regarding Reiki, just feel free to drop me an email. I love answering questions um, on Reiki. I love giving people the right information and leading them the right way because uh, there's just so much misinformation about Reiki. So don't be shy. Feel free to contact me 
If you'd like to know about Reiki, if you have questions about whatever you've heard about Reiki, maybe you're a little confused, uh, anything, I'm here for you. Um, also, I have a page called Reiki Ward. And the purpose of Reiki Ward is for distance Reiki healing. Reiki Ward was founded almost three years ago, and that was the purpose to make distance Reiki healing available to everyone globally, no matter where you are. Um, you can go to Facebook. I would do a search on Reiki Ward page, and you will find us. And then once you're there, all you have to do is put a post with the healing request you have and tell us what the request is for, who you can give us a first name. If you want to send along a picture, you may do so. Um, also, uh, just just post the way you would on any other uh, Reiki page or, or any other page on Facebook. We will get to the the healing when we get your request. We will get on it immediately. We have around anywhere from four to 500 practitioners daily who check the wall on uh, Reiki Ward and start sending distance healing. And it's for free. This is for humans, animals, you name it, we do it. Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And once the request is in and the healing has started, the distance Reiki is starting to flow, we then place the request on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy healing. Don't hesitate. Put um, put in your request, and we will get to it, you know, ASAP. Sometimes because it is global, and we have Europe, and we have – we're here in, in, on the East Coast, so if we have California, Europe, whatever, the time change might make a little gap there, and we might not get to it within moments or hours, but we will get to it as soon as we can. Okay, and um, I think what I'm going to do right now is a colleague of mine wrote a beautiful song called the Gokai Song, which is the Reiki precepts, and he sings them in both English and Japanese, and it's a great way to get to learn the precepts, the Reiki precepts. So I'm just going to take a little break now, play this, and when we get back, hopefully Mosquito will join us.
Hi. Okay, I am back. Um, I am. I'm having. I'm having some chat room problems. Oh my goodness. Lorinda Weatherall, I see you. I see you. I hope this means I'm back in the chat room. Um, this is just a little bit of weirdness here, but we shall prevail. We always do. And um, okay. All right. Now. I may get thrown out again, but you know, I'll just I'll just keep coming back like a nightmare. Um <laughs> Okay. As I said, my guest this evening is Justita de Jesus. And hopefully she will be with us in a little bit. In the interim. I think I will read you guys just a little bit about Reiki and Mikao Sui, the founder of Reiki. Let me just do a check up and see. Uh, I think I lost my chat room again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, hi, Lorinda. Yes, Lorinda's having issues too. We're all having issues. It is the onslaught of Mercury retrograde. Dum dum dum. Everybody panics with Mercury retrograde, but really, aside from electrical issues and strange things happening with our communication devices and any which way that we can hook up and uh, hook into electronical things and stuff, Mercury retrograde is a great time for reassessing and revitalizing and rearranging and reorganizing and, you know, reflecting. It's not a bad period of time, but there will be electronic glitches and and kinds of, you know, and, and maybe it's to revisit our lessons of patience and revisit our lessons of tolerance and acceptance and surrender. Who knows? Um, but let's just see. Area code 661. Who am I speaking with? No one. Okay. Um, Weird. This is going to be a weird evening, folks. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> okay, we'll get started at some point. All righty. Let's see. All right. Well, I think we're. I think Christina's laptop is starting to cooperate. In the interim, um, I am going to give you guys. Just a little bit of background um, of Reiki and a little bit of Mikao Usui, the founder of Reiki. We'll discuss Mikao for a little bit here and the different original methods of Reiki. Um, We take a look at uh, 
things to define what Mikao taught. Uh, one thing is that he was born into a samurai family with influences on his life ranging from Japanese martial arts to Buddhism. And there has always been a link in Japan between spirituality and martial arts. Lao Tzu is quoted saying, he who excels in combat is one who does not let himself be roused. That is why Japanese warriors trained in peaceful practices to practice their fighting and meditative skills. Now, some of the training that Mikao Usui is said to have completed on Mount Kuramayama is both a martial art and an esoteric Buddhist term. In traditional Japanese martial arts, to be considered a founder of a style, one must have first received a divine understanding through a spiritual experience, not unlike Mikao Usui's experience up on the mountaintop. It is from this seed of divine understanding that a founder then goes on to create a system or method. If this method is to remain divinely inspired, then the teachings must always flow back to the founder. This is a traditional belief in Japan. Unless it can be claimed that one has the pure source and the direct teachings from the founder then what is practiced is considered a degeneration. This does not mean that the true method should remain stagnant. All branches of Mikao Sui's teachings would need to retain the original methods, which are the traditional aspects of the five elements of the system of Reiki, while teaching their personal add-ons openly, apart from the continuity of teaching, a shared lineage is the other major requirement for all Reiki branches. Now, traditionally in Japan, a lineage is passed on when the student's mind becomes one with the teachers. It is not to do with one's role or place within a family structure. Sense of lineage is rarely experienced within the Reiki community. In the system of Reiki today, lineage is merely a written lineage that traces the teacher and the teacher's teachers back to the founder of the system. And I'm sure everyone has their their lineage and they have their, um, you know, the names of all of their teachers and the names of their teacher's teachers and... Um, so on and so forth. So, um, and, and the thing is, it's important to point out here that true Reiki, same thing with martial arts, no one is going to get a black belt or certification in any martial art over the internet. It borders on hilarious because this is something that must be passed down from teacher to student and that passing down in that practice when both teacher and student are in the same physical place 
in the same physical location, then that's how the art, the practice, etc., is passed down to the student. You don't just dial it up, go on the internet, you know, fill out a application, and boom, you're certified. Here's your here's your white belt, green belt, yellow belt, whatever. It it doesn't work like that. Um, I think we have, we may have. Let's see. I think we may have Christina on the line. Let's grab her while we can. <laughs> because this prelude to Mercury retrograde got me a little shaky. No. Christina. <laughs> Hello there. How are you? No. So <laughs> good. So far, so good. What am I looking for? I know what I want. I want this. <laughs> Aw. I get, I get to use. Thank you. I get to use that button so infrequently. <laughs> oh my goodness! Applaud our guests. I'm glad you could make it. Yay! <sighs> thanks for thanks for having me. It's been a while since I've been on the Violet Reiki Radio Show, so it's a pleasure to be here. I don't think you've ever been on Violet Reiki Radio. I think once. Really? In yeah, test, once. In the I think maybe. I don't remember what we were doing, but <laughs> I don't remember. Because I know, I know I have been chasing you as a guest. Before your class starts or ends right where my show begins. Yeah, and in fact, you know, I just want to um, just uh, apologize to the listeners already, because uh, if you hear stuff in the background, like people grunting or shouting or whatever, it's because I'm still in my studio. And so um, throwing people around behind you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and punching stuff and and stuff like that and so you know I apologize in advance for any noises that you hear in the background but I promise I'm not doing it to them they're doing it to themselves <laughs> and it's all and it's all you know it's all got to do with personal and spiritual development folks you know your body slam on the floor it's for the person's own good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're kidding now, but you know, actually, you know, I'm looking forward to to talking about the similarities between Reiki and and uh, and certain types of spirituality and martial arts because um, many times people do think that the two are completely separate. Um, right. So it will be it will be cool to talk about. So well, martial yeah. arts is not not my thing. I mean, well, I don't practice it. I love martial arts. I'm, I've always been very attracted to martial arts. I love to watch other people do to do you know do them. I love the expertise. I mean, I just think it's great, and I admire you all. And uh, but me, no. Uh, if it involves any kind of pain to my body, uh, no, I can't. I'm a, a big chicken and a coward. But anyway, um, I what I think is funny is how a lot of people. Well, we'll start with the martial arts. A lot of people have this conception that martial arts, you go and you learn them to become a big badass. <laughs> oh, nothing could be farther from the truth. And let me go ahead and nip that myth in the bud, right? <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> well, see, the, the, the thing is, is that the stereotype uh, propagates because of um stuff in the media. I mean, you've got um all of the the movies out there that that have martial arts. You know, like The Matrix, The Matrix, um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, all of those types of movies with fighting in it. Demon Seagal. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal movies and Chuck you know when, exactly like yeah. you know when Bruce Lee came on the scene, um, you know everybody was kung fu fighting. It literally, you know, the song even came out for it and right. stuff like that. But no, then it kind of my head. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, after, like, the mid-'70s, that kind of waned off a little bit, and then disco took over. <laughs> but then when um, when Steven Seagal started coming out with those movies in the uh, mid-'90s, I think that's when all of that um, badassery, quote-unquote, came into play because, you know, there had been, like, almost a decade and a half of nothing, really, um, being portrayed in the martial arts. And you've got Steven Seagal that comes out of nowhere and puts just amazing, dynamic, you know, butt-kicking, uh, knife-inserting, bone-breaking type of action to the screen. Uh, and then from there, then, you know, the advent of MMA and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, and unfortunately, though, some people will get drawn into the the Hollywood part of the martial arts and forget that it's a discipline. Um, when you get into martial arts to get to the to the original myth, when you get into martial arts, you know, you find out really quick that it's in and of itself a discipline. You have to have the mind for it. Um doesn't matter that you have the body for it, but you have to have the mind for it because it will help you in making the changes to your body. Uh, whether it's just the skills that you need or being able to take a hit or a kick or what have you and um and the and good martial artists will find out that the more that they practice and the harder that they train, the less likely they will want to be that swaggering badass that walks down the street and you know uh goes, "Hey, I know kung fu, you know because <laughs> Because, you know, once you find out what you're capable of, you don't want to cause problems for right. anyone. Because, you know, the first time the first time I accidentally and this was on accident, folks. The first time sure, I accidentally sure. broke sure, sure. <laughs> the first time I broke somebody's nose, I felt oh so bad. And, you know, and that student, he has to live the rest of his life with, with his nose because we had broken it like three times. He has to live the rest of his life with a misshapen nose because of just one minute of inattention on my part. Okay, well, three, considering I broke it three times. And, and well, he, he kind of like takes a little bit of that responsibility too because, you know, he said, well, I walked into the second one. <laughs> And I'm okay. like, okay, okay, I'll take that, whatever. But I, you know, I felt really bad about breaking his nose, and 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 I I I trained to hit hard, so <laughs> I realized, wow, I broke his nose with a light tap. What would happen if I was really going hard? What would happen if I would, for it. yeah, yeah? What would happen if I was really going for it? What would happen if I were to really kick at somebody's knee? Someone's going to be crippled for the rest of their life. I don't want to be that person, even if I have to defend myself. Um, however, um, getting to the self-defense part of it, you know, you do have to take, the, you do have to get into that realm of, I have to hurt my hurt another person to to save my safety or my life or the safety and the life of a loved one, um, right. or perhaps even you know, and I and I hate to think about it, and many people prefer not to think about it, but 
you know, if you have to take a life to save your own or that of a loved one, that's something that we have to consider. It's survival, um, yeah. It's it's survival, and it's it's just you know the, the quote unquote badass at that point has nothing to do with it, and it's completely different than surviving a street altercation. Um, and you know the the swaggering, you know I'm gonna be I can fight anybody bar bar brawl kind of guy or gal. It you know that's not going to save your life. Um, you know, over uh, overconfidence and arrogance—that's that's that's been the downfall of many people. So, you know, I always try to tell my students to, you know, to look at the martial arts for what they are. You know, they're technically supposed to teach you to fight, but you know, a true warrior trains to not. That's that's the pinnacle of uh, a martial art warrior to be able to, as Bruce Lee says, to fight without fighting. And to win without drawing your sword. So right, that's, right. Uh, and, yeah. And it's kind of like uh, that's why you have samurai that were learning how to do uh, flower arranging, and people are like, mm-hmm. huh? It's like you have to have, in order to know one thing, you need to know its exact opposite. Exactly. In order to become in a place of balance, or what they call in the Ewan method, neutrality, like Cam mm-hmm. Ewan, he was, he's a Shaolin uh, martial artist and, and uh, practitioner, and his mm-hmm. whole method, the Ewan method, is you want to get to a place of balance, because if you're living too much in this emotion or place or that, exactly. you're, you're out of balance, and the only time we're really totally in a perfect place, and, and even as far as optimum health, is when we're in balance. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right, yeah. and definitely, you know, when it comes to Reiki as a practice, definitely that's it's it's exact same thing, you know. Um, as Reiki practitioners, all of us that are listening, you know, we all know that that balance is the key. Um, and just like in Reiki, where we where we can consider ourselves as more so a conduit instead of being the person in charge of the right. healing or the person in control of the healing, but rather than being a conduit, it's the same with martial arts. The skills that are taught in martial arts, um, the practitioner is more of the conduit. You have to be able, as the practitioner, to be able to find that balance, to be able to turn on the tiger switch, as I call it, when it needs to be turned on, and to be able to turn on the the the, the scholar switch, what we call in our school the uh, the tiger and the dragon the dragon's very wise and very calm and will sit back and you know look at all of the options that it has bef- before it does something rash and then you have the tiger that you know acts on impulse you know that kind of thing and you have to be in the middle and uh in kung fu they call that that sense of balance like the tiger and dragon in conference where the tiger and the dragon have to talk with each other in order to find out what the best method of defense or attack is. And you can only hear the tiger and the dragon talking if you yourself are in balance. And um, that's something that was taught to me from the very beginning, that uh, you have to hear both. You can't just listen to one. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like a council meeting, actually. Because, it is. Because, you know, it when is. they have council meetings, when someone's looking for 
you know, uh, they they go to their elders or whatever, for, or the people in charge. You know, it's never really one person answering. The, the the council meets and then they come up with the best answer for the situation. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's, wow. that's very. Yeah, but like you know, regarding the myth, um, no one, you know, how do I put this? I I tell my students also that. I don't care how long you've studied martial arts. You know, there there's no such thing as a badass, you know, <laughs> in a way, yeah, right? Yeah, there's yeah. other people that know what to do with martial arts or those that don't. And if you know right. what you're doing with martial arts, you're not a badass. <laughs> so, and the no funny thing. thing is, most of my friends who practice martial arts and the people that I know who practice martial arts are some of the kindest softest spoken, gentle, loving souls, and and you'd never know it. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, if you didn't know they practiced martial arts, you'd never suspect them of, of knowing martial arts to the degree that, you know, a couple of them do know. I mean, uh, it's amazing because they're not just your average, everyday punk. Because it's, yeah. it's usually the punky people <laughs> who would get their asses <laughs> They're getting their asses kicked because when all that anger and all that violence and all that hostility comes bubbling up and boiling up from inside of them, you just know it's a given. They're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. because they're not in a place of balance. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's where the training comes in mm-hmm. because you're trained exactly. not to not to get overly emotional. It's got nothing to do with emotions. It's the discipline. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And and uh that's another that's another big similarity between Reiki and um any energy work in general and martial arts is that once you get emotionally invested, um well, in martial arts, I'll talk about martial arts and then we can you know, and then we can like apply it to Reiki. Once you get too emotionally invested in what you're gonna do in self defense or um just emotionally you know, invested period, angry or tense or fearful or whatever, it really affects the decisions that you make and the um and the type of uh, awareness that you have in that four seconds that it usually takes for a for an altercation, right? Mm-hmm. Um like for example, you know, um I was taught that from start to finish an altercation, a physical altercation, should, should only last about four seconds from start to finish. And that's from the initial threat to the finalization of your defense. Four seconds. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. That's, that's a pretty long time by martial arts standards, but still a short time in, in relation to everything else, right? Well, you know, you've got four seconds to 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 figure out what you got to do. And if you're angry, if you're blinded by rage, or if you're so fearful that you're stuck in your tracks, um, or if you're not confident, you you're not going to be able to to channel your your energy into your technique or defense accordingly. And unfortunately, that could mean you know life or death, or mm-hmm. you know. Or physical therapy, or a hospital stay. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now, if we apply that to Reiki, you know, we, you know, it's, it's. I look at it as the same thing. If we become 
emotionally invested. And, you know, I look at it as if we get too emotionally involved in, like, let's say, a, um, let's say, you know, if we're working with a client. If I work with a client and I get too emotionally involved in, you know, what, they, what they're telling me about. Like, for example, sometimes I've had clients just open up and tell me about this crappy thing that happened to them or how they feel after a divorce or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If I find myself getting drawn into that, mm-hmm. I lose, I, I literally lose sense of what I'm doing, where I'm going, and I lose that connection with everything. I lose awareness with myself and I lose awareness of the client. And, you know, and in a way, you know, if I were to do the same thing in martial arts, I could be dead if I'm, you know, attacked on the street. I can't, you know, I have to tell myself I can't allow myself to get emotionally involved in this street attack or, you know, that kind right. of thing. And I know it, it sounds really impersonal, um, but, you know, I was taught by my teacher, Sensei Daisy Thompson, that, you know, we're not in charge of where the chi goes. In a way, the client is, right? In a way. And Mm -hmm. same in martial arts. What the attacker does determines what energy is given to them. They control it. I just follow. Um, If they come at me with a baseball bat, they get hit with the force of a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) If they come at me with a knife, then chances are they're going to find me with an equalizer, whether whether it's my own knife or I got to pick up a stick or I got to break off a, a car antenna or whatever, you know, they control it. Um, and that's the hard part, you know, uh, getting back to the badassery, quote unquote. I've met, <laughs> I've met I know, right? I've I met too it. many people. I've met too many people in the 40 years that I've done martial arts that, that do think, oh, I, I'm doing martial arts. I'm a badass. And they will overreact to something. You know, I exactly. um, I heard a yeah. I've I've heard, I don't know how many stories I've I've heard Violet about uh, Rose about like some guy some drunk pushes them, and then they send that poor drunk to the hospital with a broken arm and a broken leg that's never going to heal right, all because a drunk pushed them once. Right. You know. You overreact, and now someone else pays the price, you know. And perhaps that guy goes to jail. So, you know, what what do you learn from that? You don't. You know, we learn that, well, I overreact and I go to jail, or someone else is affected for the rest of their life. Now, there's another side to that. Some people will say, I really, really thought my life was in danger, so I acted according to what I thought. Well, that's the thing, is that, if you're too emotionally invested in a situation, your awareness of things, you're, you're going to start seeing things either completely wrong, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. you know, or you're going to, you know, yeah, or you're going to doubt yourself and not see things as they are. So, hence the balance. So... Yeah, it's all perspective because, like, in my classes, I'll, you know, every so often I'll get a student who will say, I have a stupid question. I'm sure you get this, too. Yeah. Um I have a stupid question, and I'll say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. That's right. There is no such thing as a stupid question. You know, we're all afraid to, again,
and perspective. We're all afraid to appear ignorant mm-hmm. or, as they say, stupid. But right. that's your that's your ego. If you really don't care what people think of you or how they feel about you, and your main interest here is gaining the knowledge, then you'll ask anything because you know when you get the answer, you're getting the knowledge. Exactly. So that's all part of, you know, we allowing our ego to get in the way of our true expression of living our lives the way they should be lived. We're so caught up in ego and perspective that they're like mm-hmm. they're like leg irons on our legs because we can't move forward. So yes. Crazy. And you know and and I've I've seen it so many times in the martial art world how ego becomes the primary driving force behind what they do. And that hurts um, not only the, the style that they practice, um, but also the school that they teach in. And it hurts the students as well. And, you know, and also from a Reiki perspective, it it if someone gets too caught up in the ego and, oh, look, I healed this person. and I'm or this person. I'm the healer, or this person. This person gave me great reviews on Yelp. Well, I've yet to see Reiki practitioners on Yelp, but you know, this person gave me a glowing <laughs> review. <laughs> are, are you on Yelp, really? I'm I'll on have Yelp. to give you a. I'll have to give yeah. you a glowing review. You're the only person that I know that does Reiki and is on Yelp. I don't think so. Come on, Rustina. Really? It's it's all part of you know, the advertising. It's like, you know, I'm all over the place. Like one of my students said, you know, you're like horse poop. You're just like, you're you're all over the place. I'm like, well, it's called marketing. Horse <laughs> poop. I've never, I've never heard of that before. You're this like horse what poop. you call your sensei. You're like horse poop. Okay. But... <laughs> Martial arts, you know. Um, last year, I was uh, helping. What do you guys do. Hi, I'm a Sifu. Hi, I'm a Sensei. Oh, you'll be surprised. Hi, I'm a black belt. People will come up to me not knowing who I am or whatever, right? And they'll be like, "Hi, I'm Grandmaster John Smith." Well, hi, I'm Rustita. You can call me Rusty. You know. Well, my seat is over here. And this, this is this is the story I was going to tell. Was I was helping set up um, the event, the Masters Hall of Fame last year, which is a, an event that recognizes excellence in the martial arts um, and you you know, and you don't have to be a celebrity or anything. We look for honest, genuine people that are helping their community and are making a genuine um, contribution to the world of martial arts, right? Oh, I, I have to plug it. Uh, yeah, well, you deserve it. Thanks. And anyway, I was helping set up um, the, the seats and stuff and you know how you know how people are sometimes. People will want to get in first, 
Well, the doors hadn't opened yet, but somehow, some way, some people managed to get in, and we weren't even ready yet. And this guy comes up to me and says, you know, can you tell me where my seat is? And I said, uh, and you are? And he said, I'm Grandmaster John Smith. And I'm like, hi, I'm Rustita. You can call me Rusty, and your name again, John Smith? And I had to look all over the list for this for this guy's seat, and I says, well, you know, uh, are you an ambassador for the organization or are you an inductee? And he's like, well, I'm an inductee. And I said, well, sir, only the ambassadors are allowed to be in here right now so they can pick their tables. Inductees don't get seated until 630. Well, I'm I'm being inducted. And I said, sir, you and 100 others. Oh, God. (laughs) You'll have to step outside. And he just wouldn't, yeah, he just would not take no for an answer until I had to go get the CEO. And I said, Dan, help me out here, buddy. And he's like, you Mr. Smith, you know, we're going to need you to wait outside because inductee seating does not start until 630. Ambassadors can be in here. Rusty is an ambassador. And a board member. And if she says, Mm -hmm. you're going to get out, you have to get out. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. And and that just just put a sour note on the rest of the night because, you know, it seemed like that energy that he put out, you know, transferred to to many people that night. Ripple effect, yeah. Yeah, it was like a ripple effect. And I'm like, I can't have this happening tonight. You know, it's going to ruin everything. But... But luckily, you know, it didn't. I mean, did the energy ripple out? Yes. But did it affect anybody? No. Thank goodness. goodness. Because everyone else was caught up in the, you know, frivolity and and the fun of the the event that night. Uh Yeah. So, and, you know, and the joy, you know, but all it takes is just that one person. That one person. And in, in, you know, and in martial arts, you know, we would say all it takes is that one person to destroy a lineage, right? And yeah. in martial arts, we, we value our lineage, you know, very highly, especially in Japanese martial arts and Chinese martial arts. Uh, well, in any martial art, you value your lineage because the elders that come before you um, are the ones that pass down the very thing that you treasure now. So you have to show that respect and you have to, in martial arts, conduct yourself in a way that reflects your teachers, your masters, their masters, the founders. And, I, you know, in and, and Reiki, you know, I know you do the same. You know, I I know you to only show the utmost respect and to be, a, a you know, a perfect reflection of everything that's been taught to you. And unfortunately, though, I've met a few you know, a few people uh, within the the energy healing community that let a little bit too much ego uh, yeah. get the best of them. And it's just so sad because, you know, I don't know. I mean, Usui Sensei would just turn over in his grave. Oh, if- oh yes. And I want to thank you for that lovely comment. Um, I was going to ask you. You know, to me, it's all about Reiki is Japanese, and the only the only thing that I practice is Reiki and Japanese Reiki. I don't do any martial arts or anything. Um, but to me, it's all about discipline, respect, and honor. And when I see people doing things and 
speaking, just having this garbage come out of their mouth with respect to Reiki, and the ego battles that are going on within the Reiki community. Mm-hmm. I say the same thing you just said. Usui Sensei must be rolling over in his grave, and it's very simple. I mean, everyone is trying to complicate Reiki, and I believe that they're complicating it because of their own ego. Because Reiki, yep. and, and, and Usui Sensei's own words, is a simple practice. And then you have those people who are, oh, well, mine is bigger, better, greater. To me, that's a slap in the face of your sensei. How could you even say such a thing? How, right. what, kind of, what kind of respect and honor do you have for Usui Sensei that you're making such comments? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, well, I'm going to turn Reiki inside out and upside down, and I'm going to philosophize it to death. Look, if you want to go that deep into <laughs> Reiki, and if that's something you want to do, and add on and add on and add on, because you know as well as I do, in any subject, you can dig so deep as to mm-hmm. not even know what you're talking about at some point. But right. and, and to me, that's a personal preference, Okay. But I really don't think that that's the way Usui Sensei meant for Reiki to be handed down and to be taught. I think it's yeah. you know, a, a little out of hand now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I, w- I was taught the same thing through my first Sensei that, you know, it al- although, you know, beginners might go into it and and think, "Oh, it's 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 a lot to remember, the symbols and, you know, that kind of thing is, it's a lot to remember and this and that and the other. With practice, it becomes simple. It's supposed to be simple. Usui Sensei wanted it to be. Um, It's the same with martial arts. At first, it is hard. We have to, you know, learn this move and that move. We basically have to teach ourselves how to walk and run again and, and make our bodies do stuff that it's never done before. And after a certain amount of time, practicing it and after a certain amount of years it becomes simple and and the neat thing is in martial arts is once you master a movement a concept of a movement i shouldn't say a, a one movement but a concept of movement it becomes much easier to apply it to anything else whether it's pottery whether it's you know learning archery or learning a new body skill or something like that <clears throat> now in regards to reiki i can see how you know, Reiki people today can master, you know, the original method that Usui Sensei uh, brought down to us um, and then go, oh, well, now this makes sense and that makes sense and that makes sense. And they make their own practice out of it. I I see no problem in that. Um, In fact, in a way, I see no problem in, in, like, naming your method. But... Just as in martial arts, because in martial arts, we're allowed to name our own curriculums, given that you have blessing from a teacher. Now, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. You have to have blessing from your upline teacher or from the master of an upline master of your system to create and propagate your own system. And even if you have your own system in the martial arts, your own curriculum, so to speak, how you teach it, you still are bound to showing respect for your roots. Right. There's no right. there's no getting around it. And and I think what what's going on nowadays um for 
for the few that are like, you know, bigger, better, Reiki, you know, that kind of thing, um, is that they, they've got their own practice, and, and that's great. They've got their own method. They've probably, you know, found their own way of, of you know, communicating with the energy with themselves and, and, and bringing it via a conduit to to the people that are receiving. That's awesome. But again, when you start claiming responsibility for that, um, you know what I mean? Like my style yeah. works right. better than the original Usui style. That's right. when that's when things get kind of sticky because that's when you're insulting your sensei. Exactly. Really? And last it's I, an I, insult. I it is. And last I checked, I didn't know that there was like 50 different kinds of key out there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. Oh, you know? God. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and it's the same thing in martial arts. You know, there's, I, it, you know, there's only so many ways you can punch. So no one really? can can claim, you know, lay a claim to fame on this like uber scorpion flying punch or something like that because it's been done before um now <laughs> now however let you know um this is kind of off the subject but um um hot yoga right uh, what's oh, the, uh, hot, no. yeah hot yoga okay so let's talk about hot yoga well what's the what's the actual name of it it's um is, it, is that the bikram yoga yeah bikram thank you bikram oh, yoga okay yeah you know why there's so many other people that call themselves hot yoga, and then when you ask them, well, is this Bikram? They'll go, no. Well, you can't call yourself Bikram unless you are following the trademarked curriculum. There is a specific uh, flow in Bikram that goes from like, you know, I, I don't know. I've never done Bikram, but, you know, that's kind of like saying you have to do this move followed by this move followed by this move followed by this asana followed by this, by this, by this, by this, by this. And if you do that in like a hundred and, you know, four degree room or something like that, then it's Bikram. Um, but if you're not certified in that method, if you can't prove that, you know, if you're not certified in the Bikram method, you can't say you're doing a Bikram type of thing you have to call yourself something else um yeah but you know it, if i do yoga if i do like let's say i don't know if i do hatha yoga in the middle of august in the philippines outside when it's like 106 degrees in the shade right. am i gonna get sued by the beakroom people you see what i'm saying so yeah. it's like there's only yeah. so many ways that you can punch there's only so many ways that you can move the body there's only so many ways you can do yoga in the cold or in the hot you know just so happens that you know teacher bikram trademarked that flow so now you can't you can't call yourself bikram now he laid claim to that yes he did he claimed but the thing is that he laid claim to the to the uh sequence you can't lay claim to the movements because you know what I mean. It's like right, right. Yeah, it's like it's it's just so uh, it's just so weird that that people in the martial arts and um, you know in the energy field you know get so caught up in the in the me. You know, won't you forget? Very, very much 
in the me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, won't they forget about who's laying on their table? <laughs> oh, definitely, you know, uh, can't see the forest from the trees. I mean, well, you got this tree and, and in front of you, but you're too busy looking at the forest and you forgot about the tree right in front of you that is trying exactly. to get some kind of healing and treatment, yeah. It's exactly. Just, it's, it's like a lot of times my students will get caught up in hand positions right, and right. turning, you know, and mm-hmm. I tell them, don't get all uptight, you know. It's good if you do all the hand positions. If you don't, then that's fine, too. Um, Sui Sensei did his treatments basically after the the five initial positions. The rest mm-hmm. of the body was intuitive. It was exactly. on intuition only. And come on, intuition, that's your divine, like I, I I tell everybody weekly on my show on Friday afternoons, go by your intuition. Your intuition is what I call your inner GPS. You know, we all got yeah. GPS for the cars, but your inner GPS, that is what I call guided perfectly by spirit. And your inner GPS is your intuition. It can't be wrong. So, okay, maybe you didn't get all the hand positions and you missed, like, you know, a foot or something. It's fine because yeah. you're being guided by, spiritually guided by a higher power, by higher consciousness. So the person on the table is going to get what they need. And a lot of times, if I can't turn somebody over, well, I know the reason why. Because mm-hmm. I, I I was paying more attention to, or not that I was even paying attention, but... I was not allowed to leave a specific area of the body yeah. or maybe a couple of specific areas of the body. Because, you know, it's like generally three to five uh, minutes in one spot. But sometimes I'm at one spot for 10 minutes. I don't mm-hmm. stress it. I know that when I'm supposed to move off of that spot, my intuition will tell me, okay, move now. Because there have been times where I think to myself, well, I think I should move. And the answer from my gut is, nope, no moving. Nope, David. don't move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have there. one client where I actually spent a lot of time um, at, at the heart shock, just a lot of time. I'm like, and I thought the same thing. Should I move? I've been here for like 10 minutes. Should I move? Should I move? And, you know, we're still talking. But in my head, I'm thinking, should I move? Uh, no, you know, and I knew I shouldn't have moved. I, I knew I shouldn't have moved, but I still kept questioning myself. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know what's going on?" <laughs> you know, and well, that just you notice, this do you notice thing. that at the same time you're having that thought, "Should I move?" I know with me, if I go to move my hands, I can't. Yeah, exactly. And that's I, how and I know I, when it's time to move. <laughs> yeah. And I and I and I knew intuitively that I shouldn't have moved, but I I like you were talking about. I was stuck on pattern, right? And the same uh, thing happens in martial arts. I tell my own students all the time: techniques will get you killed. Principles uh, are what guides your tech or what guides your techniques. So don't concentrate on oh, I got to do combination number four. If they punch me this way, because what if they move differently? What if they don't like come in as close? Well, combination number four isn't going to work for you. You're exactly. gonna have to like use your principles. What's the principle there? Oh, they're too far. Principle: use the next longest weapon. 
Okay. Sure, it's not going to be combination number four, but you just got to learn to flow with it. And that's the hardest thing to teach students is flow and moving intuitively um, and without thought, which is what the, is called in both Reiki and martial arts as mushin, right? No, right. no thought, mushin. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, though, is that the only way to get there is that you have to follow a pattern at first. Um, you know, and, 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 but it's tough though, you know, like when I, when I see like a intermediate student here, um, I know they've mastered this concept or that concept, but then when it comes to freestyle self-defense, they freeze, they can't do it. And I have to remind them, just let go, you know, where's, you know, what is your, what is your toes see? What is your fist see? It's not about what you see, you know, what does your body see? Okay. Exactly. And, and go with what it. We- it's kind of what we all really need to apply to real life circumstances. And I know most people find this very hard to do, which is why a lot of us are living in, you know, uh, disappointed and frustrated kinds of situations because it's very hard to do. Patience is something which is very hard to come by, but it is attainable. And then the yeah. next thing you get is, that you know, the lesson is surrender. Just accept and allow and surrender. And now, right. like, if you if you got the patience lesson, okay, now the universe says, here, see what you can do, surrender. And it's like, yeah. hold on, I'm back in that place again. But really, <laughs> it's all about surrendering and being in flow. And mm-hmm. this is this is what these practices are trying to teach us because, you know, the more you just give it up and you just connect with your energy and then your energy is connected to universal life force energy, uh, then you're in sync. And when you're in sync, everything goes very well. But yeah. as Don Miguel Ruiz said, we're taught this dream. This is the way life is going to be. This is how it is. This is what you can expect, which is all poppycock. We have to each create and embrace our own dream. When we let go of everything people have told us, let go all old perceptions, let go everything mm-hmm. that we were handed down, which is very difficult. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but I'm saying the more we cling to those old ideals and ideas, the more we're standing in the same quicksand pile. Yeah, And we're not going exactly. to get anywhere. It's in the... It's in the surrendering and in the releasing that we progress. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you know what's you know what's funny though is like you know not everybody wants to admit that they're not in control. That's the thing. You know, is our our our, our attachment to a sense of control. The and ego um, do. yeah. Yeah, the the ego gets in the way, you know, once it all boils down, you know, everything from not wanting to relinquish control um, or being in control, which is the same thing. Uh, (laughs) um, It is it it is ego and and, and it's tough, you know, I mean, um, you know, in fact, I'll I'll just tell a really quick story here. Um, uh, A few years back when I was seeing clients a lot more often, um, one of uh one of my clients asked me she said so you know do you do you find it hard to to separate the the martial arts and 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 your reiki and i'm like can you can you what was the question <laughs> <laughs> you know 
because I didn't know I didn't know what context she was talking about, right? And I said, "Oh, do you mean do you mean like do I find it hard to separate the physical, you know, haya karate chop, you know, with with you know reiki?" And she's like, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "No, it's the same thing." And she said, what? I'm like, well, granted, I'm not going to sit here and squeeze your heart out. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to take your rib out when I lay hands on you or anything like that. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to kick you in the face. But, it's the, it, you know, but I told her it's the same thing. I have to be aware of where I stand right here, right now. I have to be aware of what I'm feeling when I'm working with you. I have to be aware of whether or not I'm being too invested in this? Am I thinking or am I, you know, making crap up in my mind as to what I'm feeling, right? Am I doubting myself? Am I, you know, just letting go, you know? And I have to think about the same thing in martial arts too, you know? Uh, do You know, am I thinking too hard or am I letting myself flow? Uh, so it's the same. The only thing that's different is how it's applied. So right. technically, Rose, you are a martial artist, technically, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, technically, you know, because because the the in martial arts it's not the it's not the physical part. Okay, that that's ten percent of of the skill set in martial arts. How to kick, punch, control your feet, and you know, not fall down from exhaustion in training. That's ten percent, right? <laughs> the other the other ninety percent is everything we're talking about right now. You know, what makes a good Reiki practitioner? What makes a Reiki master? You know, the abilities to uh, to to maintain a sense of balance and to live by that. You know, to not let one's ego get in the way. And, you know, the one time, that one time that I did let my ego get in the way um, in the martial arts, I paid for it. And... Yeah. Yeah, I I paid for it. You know, I got kicked right upside the head and I thought I was going to go deaf in one ear and and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, you know, the scariest scariest thing ever." And every time my ego gets in the way, I break something. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> that la- that last uh, ankle injury you saw me post on Facebook, that was uh-huh. that was ego. That was ego. Oh, and that was a cocky rusty. That was that was that was a cocky rusty. That's right. And when I fell down, I th- I thought, see, there you go, there you go again. You know, I just got to go. Like the the guides told me, don't be a jerk. But no, you had to be a jerk. And um, yeah, all the time. I remember a long time ago. Thank God. Um, I was, my ego was exploding all over the place. I had an ego that was about the size of, I don't know, South America. And <laughs> yeah, I did. And uh, I had many, many anger issues and stuff. I was a chip off the old block. I was exactly mm-hmm. like my dad. And uh, that's, you know, when I was growing up, that's what I learned. The person who is the, is the hostile, angry, bully Tasmanian devil wins. I was like, oh, so wrong. And Mm -hmm. the universe got a hold of me, and I'm telling you, energetically, this is exactly what it felt like. It was my come-to-Jesus moment. I felt like somebody (laughs) had stabbed me by the back of the neck and back of the head and slammed my face into the concrete, knocked all my teeth out. And I got up and said, oh, my God, I don't ever want this to happen again. And there were (laughs) 
major, major changes that came mm-hmm. down the mountain so fast. It was like, that was like, okay, now I got it. And I, I spent the following years fine-tuning that lesson. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot happened in that. But I remember that. It was like, oh, yeah, you think you're all that? Here. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, you try and tell people, don't go there because this is going to happen. You know they're going to go there. Exactly. I know very few people, I can count them on maybe three fingers, who I've said, don't go there because, look, this is a life lesson. You don't want to do this. And they actually, they listen. The miraculous <laughs> ones, they listen. The they rest listen. of the fingers are like, no, no, I got to I gotta do that. I have to prove this. Okay, I'll be here with like Band-Aids and, you know, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Like yeah, I've 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 done that too. I've done that too here and uh, you know in the dojo, you know, there's always going to be the few that listen and you know, they go a long way and then there's the few that don't and they have to learn the hard way. Um sometimes they have to be suspended or kicked out and then later on they become like the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter and then they come back and they go yeah, you were right. I'm sorry. This and that and the other because you know, the thing is is that you know in any practice, whether it's Reiki, martial arts, um, you know, any type of sport that you're trying to get good at, there comes this point where you get to a skill level where you you know you're good at it and you know where your goals are, even though you're not there yet, you know what I mean? And you start to get cocky, you know? Like, in a way, in martial arts, I tell my students, you kind of have to go through that. Yeah. in order to really learn, right? And it's either you really, you get past the, the cocky, what I call the cocky purple belt stage, because that's the intermediate stage, where <laughs> most people will get cocky and they think they can, like, take on anyone and stuff like that. Um, either you get past that or you get your ass kicked, pardon my French, right? right, right. And then you learn from that. Either that or you don't learn from it. And your 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 life is going to be full of strife. You're going to be in fights all the time. You know, you're wondering why you're losing friends. You wonder why, you know, your life is crappy. You can't find a job. You know, it's you. It's not the art. You know, it's, you know we can't right. blame our crappy life on Ricky isn't working. We can't blame crappy life on martial arts isn't working for me. It's supposed to, like, change my life. And that's the reason why the first question I ask anyone that walks through my door, why do you want to do martial arts? Right. And same, thing, same thing with me. Wait, why Reiki. do you want to learn yeah. Reiki? Uh-huh. Why yeah. do you want yeah. to learn Reiki? And, and, you know, nine times out of ten, people don't know why. You know, they say, oh, I saw it on TV. Well, okay, that's awesome. But why do you want to do martial arts? And I think... You know, that's something that, you know, any Reiki practitioner or any athlete that wants to be a pro athlete, they have to ask themselves, why do I want to do this? Because if you get into it for the money, then find a, find a new profession, right? You know what oh, I mean? If that's yeah. all so, you're going to so get into Reiki. Money, yeah. yeah, if that's so all somebody wants to get into Reiki. For the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. If that's all somebody wants many- to get Oh, go ahead. How many students I have that can't wait for their Reiki master because, oh, then I can open my practice and make a lot of money. That's exactly. not the way it works. Oh, you know, you'll be surprised at how many martial artists will do the same thing. And speaking of martial artists, my brother Bob 
is on the line right now. <laughs> he pressed say, one. We, we had, yeah, is he 818? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Hi, Bob. <laughs> oh, man, Rusty, you suck. You're logged in. You weren't talking to us here. <laughs> no, nope, I logged in. Yeah, well, I had to log in because my laptop was being weird, and I had to go, gosh, you know, which button do I push? Do I push the one here? Nope. Because cause, cause, uh, Violet was is signed on as that. So I just yeah, happened she, to be logged in. Yeah, she threw me out of the studio momentarily. I'm like, who's logging Sorry. in? Sorry. That's hell? me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bob. How you doing, bro? This I'm is, doing, bro. This is Robert Deal. He's uh, my co-host on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show, also on this network, the Seika uh, Talk Radio Network. And uh, he's my best buddy and my brother in the martial arts. And, uh, wow, I'm surprised that you called. Well, right on. Thanks, Bob. Well, I, I, get, I, get, I get that text. Says, I'm on Violet Ricky Radio. So I was listening and said, i got to call. <laughs> i got to call in. Yeah, yeah got got and, and the purple belt phase. I was thinking, what about the guys who have the black belt phase? Yeah, well, that, those are the people that haven't learned. <laughs> <laughs> those are the people that haven't gotten their asses kicked yet. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I have uh, another caller. So since I have two martial artists on, let me see if this person, okay. it says they have a question. Yeah, they've been on for an hour. Thank you for being six, patient. Six, one, you're on with Rose and Restita and Bob. Hello. Or not. Area code 661? Did you have a question? All right, well, there's a, question, there's a question mark next to their their number here, but maybe they hit yeah. the one by mistake. So I'm just going to let you... Just going to let you hang. Because uh, I know I had picked up on them before and they didn't say anything. So I, I don't uh, know. I don't but, know. Well, you know, we don't have problems chatting. Rusty, I, yeah. or Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just talk amongst ourselves. Yep. But, uh, it was, it's nice to have you here, Bob. Well, thank you. You know, Rusty was talking about uh, instructors or people getting into martial arts to make all sorts of money. <laughs> and that's you, how's right? That, yeah, how's that working out, Rusty? <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. You know, anyone that gets into martial arts to make money, um, unless your last name is Gracie, it's probably not going to happen the way you think, right? Because, you know, right. I... You know, I know Bob does martial arts out of the love of the art. And, you know, I mean, you were teaching out of your garage. You were teaching out of parks, Bob. You know, I was teaching, you know, like in a box, literally, for years and years and years. I was teaching in the community centers for years, then moved to a bigger dojo, uh, then moved to a smaller dojo, then moved to a box. Finally, Uh we're here in a 3,000-square-foot uh, facility, but we're still not getting rich. We're only making enough just to get the bills paid. I'm not making any, any, any you know, triple digits or anything like that. I'm not getting rich off of this. And, you know, and and when I got into it, and I know when Bob got into teaching, because it's a, cause it's a it's a decision you have to make. You're either a martial artist that wants to practice the rest of your life or – you're a martial artist that wants to practice, then pass it on. Um, and if you're going to pass it on, it's a commitment. Wouldn't you say so, Bob? 
Oh yeah. Do you know how many classes I've taught? I've taught literally hundreds and thousands of hours at no cost mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. friends and for other schools and for students and for people. I've just I've just hung out with in a park and, and started sharing knowledge with. Yeah, because it's like you know once you have a passion for that, once you have a passion for martial arts or Reiki and the practice of it, right? Then mm-hmm. of course you want to like share the benefits of it because you know I know what the practice has done for me. You know it's allowed me to like get back in touch with myself because I spent like twenty twenty five years being external and I want to be a badass. I want to, you know what I mean. I want to. I, I had a chip on my shoulder too. You know we. You know most martial artists go through that purple belt phase. Um, I just happened to go through it for like 20-something years before I I discovered Reiki. And, you know, now getting close to 40 years in the martial arts, I I know what uh, Reiki and Qigong and Tai Chi has done. It's allowed me to get in touch with with things that, that I've ignored for so long and has really, like, uh, how should we say, it's really, like, rekindled the love of teaching, right? Because, like, you know, if you teach a lot, and Bob knows what I'm talking about, there just comes this point where you, like, start to almost get to that burnout phase, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, my gosh, I, God, I'm so tired, you know, that kind of thing. Not tired physically, but I'm just tired. I, I need to, like, go away for a year or something like that. We've all hit that part. Um, but, you know, when when I started getting serious about Tai Chi, Qigong, serious about Reiki, you know, just the practice of it um, made made a whole heck of a lot of difference. And, and, and I want to just make a point to um, new listeners out there that are just getting into Reiki or even just listening because, you know, you heard about martial arts, what? You know, if you're a beginner <laughs> in martial arts, in either one, you have to go into the practice without an expectation, Right. right. And and, and right. you have to not listen to the stereotypes. You know, I mean, uh, Bob, how many times have you been asked if you were vegan when they find out you're a martial artist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they find me at a hamburger joint having a beer. Right. Get out right. of here. People <laughs> ask you guys that. Are you vegan? They equate yeah. vegan style eating with martial arts? With mar- yeah, when they find out that we're oh you're a martial art teacher, you know they equate that with master, they equate that with like uber healthy lifestyle. Yes, it's true. You know we teach people how to be healthy, but you know I'll go have a beer. <laughs> you know I eat meat, lots of it. Chili, I'm Filipino. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm Filipino. What, what am I gonna do, right? Do I go through vegan phases? Yes, I do. I go through phases like for a month where all I want is vegetables and then it's like, oh, we're back to meat again. Um, We also get asked questions like, um, and I'm sure, you know, Reiki practitioners get this too, you know, um, uh, you know, do you, you know, what do you feel about Deepak uh, Deepak Chopra, Chopra, right? And it's like, wait a minute, was it like, is is it a requirement that as a martial artist I got to like follow him? You know, yeah. Is, you know, yeah. is it a requirement that I have to know every Marianne Williamson quote? You know, you know. And oh but we God. get, you know, as martial artists, we get asked 
all sorts of crazy questions well, because there's an expectation. I'm for sure that. you come across the ranking people who, when they exactly. talk to you, they, they kill me. When they talk, oh, you know, they're holding oh. their hands together in gasho or namaste position, and their voices become so gentle. <laughs> said this before that person's definitely not enlightened look at them <laughs> and i'm like and you are and how do you know and how do you know you're enlightened I, seriously how do they know did you guys see the youtube on how you know you're enlightened or how to be yes. enlightened it's that guy with the long red hair that yes. i'm telling yes. you i couldn't get halfway through the video without being my pants it is so, and me and Bob were talking about it the other day. I was telling all our listeners on our show about how to be more spiritual, about how you have to talk always in a whisper, and you have to make unbearably long amounts of eye contact and yeah. make a big stink about, what, you don't have gluten-free soy sauce? So, anyway, yeah, and, and we get we get that all the time. Oh, you must really watch your diet. You must be gluten-free. You must be a vegetarian. You must meditate 50 hours a day, you know. I mean, I've, I've seen it on both sides, on the Reiki side, and it's not only Reiki. I've seen it in... Uh, all over the place. It's all over mm-hmm. the... I've seen it in quantum healing. I've seen it in, oh, what's Meditation, that other one? Yoga. Yeah. yeah. Yoga. And, you know, you put the word spiritual into anything, and it either makes or breaks that practice. <laughs> and you right. get... And you get the wonky stereotypes. It's like, where the hell, pardon my French, is this coming from? Exactly. No, I'm not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it gets it gets better. I'm a martial artist and a Reiki practitioner. Oh boy, it gets better because now I'm like I'm like vegan and uh, and a pacifist. Why are you oh why are martial arts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people should eat what you want. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> Rusty and I share food, uh, share food things back and forth. And I'm telling, I, I told her once, I can never meet you in person because we'll just sit there and eat like the entire day. You know, one of these days, if I'm ever in New York. You have to take me to any place that has meat and grease, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know a lot of those places. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I've, I have to close up the school here in a couple yeah, minutes. I have, to, I have to sign off. We've got one minute, so I want to thank you, Rusty, for being on the show. I'm sure we've my cleared pleasure. up some stereotypes and confusion for a lot of I people. I hope so. I hope so. And I also hope martial arts. Yeah, and I and I hope that, you know, there's a different outlook on the martial arts, that it's not a violent practice. It does not teach violence. In fact, you know, on the contrary, it teaches peace because you find out what you're capable of. And when you know what you're capable of and you know you can crack somebody's skull, you don't ever want to do it. Um, so very spiritual in its in its own right. 
And signing off, Bob feeds little puppies and kittens with little baby bottles in his spare time. So he's really a gentle person and, and a martial arts uh, <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.